0: Welcome to the Making of a Thought Leader Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage entrepreneurs to build their thought leadership in a simplified and a systematic way. I'm your host, Surbhi Devia, brand strategist, entrepreneur, founder of Digital Genie, and also founder of jotmybio.com. I'm passionate to help fellow entrepreneurs, executives, and individuals to think and thrive on their thought leadership. So grab your headset. Turn up the volume and join me here to get the boost of encouragement you need to build your thought leadership every episode.
1: Welcome to episode 23 of the Making of a Thought Leader podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about public relations and its connection with building thought leadership. Thought leadership is directly connected to PR as media plays a vital role in highlighting a person's or an organization's expert insights and also brings credibility to the message. Thought leadership is vital to help establish and maintain reputation, whereas PR helps to manage this reputation with the various publics and organizations. The ultimate aim of both thought leadership and PR is to gain trust of the audiences. Giving us insights on public relations and the latest trends to build thought leadership is our guest for this episode, Justin Goldstein. Justin is the founder of Press Record Communications, a strategic communications firm in New York that specializes in building PR and strategic content development. Justin is also a Forbes Council member and has been voted as exceptional under 35 by the Public Relations Society of America. Join me on this interesting conversation with Justin as we unpack the role of
0: public relations in building thought leadership. Hello, Justin. Welcome to the Making of a Thought Leader podcast. It's absolutely my pleasure to have you here with me today.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Great. Justin, usually we have all our guests introduce themselves to the audience. so. The floor is
2: all yours. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Justin Goldstein, President and Founder of Press Accord Communications, which is a uh, strategic communications agency that has a focus on public relations and content development. And I've been in public relations for a little over a decade now, which mm-hmm. is scary to say. Uh, I've also worked with some pretty cool clients like uh, Clinton Global Initiative, Best Buy, General Motors, um, and now run our shop here. So. That's a little bit about me. I also um, worked in radio for a period of time at a station called WRHU FM in New York mm-hmm. and uh, looked to transfer the, those skills to the public relations world or communications world. So that's where I, I was and I'm here today.
0: Interesting. You said radio and public relations and uh, you know, often podcast is compared to radio, the new age radio, yeah. if you will. So let me let me pick your brains on that little bit. What are you seeing in terms of the trends? Like what's happening in the PR world? Tell us about it.
2: Sure. So I, I think there's a couple of things happening um, from more of a media relations front. I think that the definition of what media means is changing, where now somebody can go on Instagram Live and report on a news story and, and be classified as a journalist in a way, even though they don't necessarily fit the traditional criteria, the access to social media platforms has certainly changed who you can define as a reporter, quote unquote, so, for better or for worse. I, I think also just defining what is an actual media opportunity has changed too, because a lot of times we're I think drawn to the old guard of trying to focus on the Wall Street Journals of the world or the Today Shows of the world, where now there are different mediums like Substack, for example, that are offering opportunities, yeah, to connect or podcasts, as you're doing, um, that are offering opportunities to connect with even reporters that left their newsrooms to start their own podcast or Substack column. And that is a form of media now that's a very valuable form of media. I think it's just understanding where the value is coming from and what Media really means that's going to shift the industry a little bit.
0: True, and I feel it is evolving per se. Right, like now we have more opportunity to um, not only report but even voice our opinions and put content out as such.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I. That's why I was using the Instagram Live example because mm-hmm. I think it's a great example of how you essentially can just load up your phone, you know, hit Instagram hit live, and you can pretty much talk about whatever you want, um, as long as you're, of course, not breaking the rules and regulations. But uh, it it just provides a tremendous opportunity for anyone that's interested in being in any form of media to start their own channel and not have to go through the traditional methods to do that.
1: True.
0: All right. I want to take you a bit behind, like, like 20 years back and how PR was, right? Because then... It was about uh, you know chasing the journalists, pitching them the ideas for stories, and get get them to cover. In my region, in Asia, Middle East, it was mostly the journalist would cover specific sector. It we used to call it beats. They cover a specific right. beat, and then um, you convince them to cover your story, obviously amongst others. And it was always about maintaining that relation, so that P R the R in the relation was so critical then. What is, What are the key measurement criterias now? Because back then it was about your story getting published and you being in the media many more times than your competitors or the other brands in the same industry. What's happening now?
2: I don't really think the metrics have changed too much from that regard. I think there's just been more pressure to prove the metrics and develop metrics that showcase ROI. And mm-hmm. what I've tried to do at Press record uh, communications is I've tried to work with my clients to really come up with metrics that are actually going to showcase that ROI and move the needle. So what I always tell them is when you bring up the example of building relationships with reporters and securing media coverage, it's all about what you do with the media placement after it goes live. Right. So if let's say for example you get a placement in the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. of course getting a placement in the Wall Street Journal is amazing in and of itself, and you might get a phone call or two from let's say a new business prospect that sees it, but Ultimately, it's what you do with that placement after that's going to help make a difference. So whether that's syndicating or promoting the coverage online on your website or social channels, or using it to try to get a speaking opportunity, whatever it is, that's where you're going to start to see the residual effects come in from putting in the time to actually build a relationship with the reporter and get that media coverage.
0: Right, right. So what you're saying is it's like a long-term game that we're talking about. Like once you get a Coverage in Wall Street Journal—it's just the beginning of this whole long tail process behind it to then leverage it in different ways.
2: Exactly, exactly yeah. right. I mean, again, getting that coverage in and of itself, especially at that level, is is valuable yeah. because you're reaching an audience that you're looking to target through it. But you know that the attention span, especially today, of everybody with social media and just being on our phones all the time is much less than it used to be. So hmm. you know. Spending time on one story, remembering the ins and outs of the story and the quotes, there's less of a chance it's going to happen as opposed to promoting that that coverage over and over as much as possible and extending its shelf life so that you're looking to stay on top of mind with the people that you're looking to try and reach and influence.
0: Right. We are talking about thought leadership here. And what you just picked on right now is how people can leverage that already getting that coverage is top notch. But you still that's not the end of it all. What do you think? In your experience at Press Record Communications, and if you can give us some examples about how companies have used this coverage in media to build their thought
1: leadership.
2: Yeah, so I think one of the primary ways that they've done so and easiest ways is to pull quotes or any kind of content from the media coverage that they get for their social media activity. Because What often happens is if, especially if you're managing social media on your own, it becomes hard to create consistency, which is what the platforms reward, right? They're going to have your coverage or your content be top of mind and top of the list in somebody's newsfeed if you're promoting your content on there more and more. So it often can be a little exhausting to do that, especially when you're doing that plus your day job. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: pulling from the media coverage allows you not have to reinvent the wheel too much and you can create, I've seen, you know, and I've done this for clients, I've seen clients get maybe like three to four social posts out of one piece of coverage that they get. So that's one immediate value right there from a thought leadership perspective. I've also seen clients be able to use it for for speaking opportunities where when they put together a reel or an application, they can create a pseudo media kit and showcase that third-party sources like journalists have validated their thoughts um, on trending news or industry news, whatever it is which helps to put into the mind of the person approving that application. Oh, this person is providing valuable insights, been vetted, et cetera. So those are just two main ways that I've, I've probably seen my clients use it the most.
0: Right. And I think the other extension to that idea is that, you know, it's not only about the media coverage, but what is it, the the area that you're adding value in as well, because just repeating the same point can, help you consistently get that top of the mind awareness. It's just a different avenue, right? Like if the media is covering that aspect of your uh, leadership, they add more value, obviously, because it's a third person voting and like kind of saying, endorsing you. So there is a lot of tandemness involved in What we are trying to say here, like not only the media cover covers it, but also the company themselves put in that added effort to put it on their social media and then, uh, you know, in tandem promote what we are, what what the campaign is about.
2: Yeah, I think also to your point, you kind of sparked an idea in my head that you know in today's world, pretty much every company is a media company. You know, their target audiences, whether it be reporters or clients or new business prospects, are looking for them to provide a perspective on the industry at the very least that they operate in. So I think to your point, the company has to showcase the news um, in addition to the the reporters that are covering their news.
0: To enhance the reach.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's only going to help to enhance mm-hmm. the the credibility that they're building with their stakeholders because that's mm-hmm. the whole point of doing thought leadership in the first place, as you know. Um, And any time that you can get that third-party validation from a reporter, it does boost you quite a bit.
0: Sure. So from the PR perspective, like, you know, if I have to give you an example here, um, we are talking about a a mid-sized business doing pretty good in in, in the market, you know, having top uh, rank in the business. And then they want to enhance their whole marketing efforts. So we are talking about marketing here. Which is like, you know, um, doing the pre-sales or running campaigns on ad campaigns on social and other other areas, and also writing white papers. How can PR then add to this whole marketing mix? Or is it going to stand separately? So with this example of this company really ranking on the top of the market, how can they do both PR and marketing?
2: Yeah, I think that I think that public relations plays more a supporting role for marketing where you brought up the white paper example. So for Mm -hmm. that, it would be making sure that the way that the white paper is laid out is tying back to the company somehow. Because I've seen clients make this mistake where they talk about a topic that maybe is somewhat related to what they do, but it doesn't tie back to the core function of what they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is that the whole white paper doesn't have to make that connection, but it's something point or at some at some points it has to because that's how you're going to showcase your expertise and what you can do for somebody best and it would also be making sure that the key messaging is on point and aligns with the brand messaging for the organization or the individual working with the company so the organization that you're working with just making sure that the brand messaging is on point it's not diverting from that at all Um, so that's why we play again more of a support system i would say the marketing and that goes for content development too, where, you know, we're there to come up with ideas and even say, write content, but ultimately mm-hmm. it's the marketer's job to then go out and mm-hmm. use it as a sales tactic in a way. So,
0: uh, Justin, tell me what are the kind of new PR trends that you're observing? And, and you know, here, why I'm asking you this specifically is because, you know, usually in the, you're in New York and usually United States is always in you know, a step or two ahead in terms of, you know, setting the best practices and industry standards than probably the rest of the world. So I want to hear from you, what are the trends that you are seeing that's happening in the PR industry? Yes,
2: yeah, so I think we talked a little bit about how the definition of media is changing. Is. Um, you know, I think also going back to that metrics conversation, that's definitely something that's taking place. Uh, in terms of just getting more pressure on the metrics to matter. And then PR technology or communications technology, I think is also on the rise as well. uh, Your audience might have heard of platforms like Cision, Meltwater, those kind of platforms to help you to find reporters, track media coverage and all that. There's some good innovation that's going on in that space. Um, In fact, I know of a a platform called Quoted that's really doing some good work as well uh, to help connect uh, journalists with reporters. So... Yeah, I, I think that the technology space is evolving. It's getting a little better um, okay. as PR professionals. sometimes We struggle with those platforms, but I do think that they're becoming more and more of a tool to help automate and also just spit out those those valuable metrics a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's more of a shift to have communications in general, not just PR, but communications be, serve as more of a partner to... Uh, the higher ups in an organization and getting more involved in those conversations so that we're not seen as, um, I don't know if middleman or woman is the right answer. It's just, you know, more so not being as ancillary or pushed out from, you know, the C-suite, for example. So being just way more involved in those conversations than we used to be, especially after COVID because after, well, at the start of the pandemic or maybe a little bit after the start of the pandemic, a lot of work started to pick up, especially in the crisis space. Yeah. And so I think that's what's also helped to fuel more of a connection between the two at this point.
0: Yeah, actually, that sparks a thought in my head, here that, you know, when, when you talk about crisis communication, because over a period of time, we have seen that marketeers have taken over this, um, you know, like an umbrella role, if you will, like there, there's content within marketing, design within marketing, and um, so a, a, a bit of communication flows through it, not so much external, but more of internal communications and like the development of the content and the brand and all of that, Um, when it comes to any uh, situation like this, like the crisis where you have to address certain, and there is a nuance that only PR professional know how to deal with it. It's just out of curiosity. I want to know what happened during COVID, like how was communication shifting with press record communications? Was it playing a major part for uh, the clients?
2: Yeah, so I would say for us, not as much. But what I did see happening in the industry, I I think there were a couple of factors, big factors at play, where there is a convergence of all these different news stories and movements that was happening. So you had the, the COVID pandemic, which was changing how we work and where we work. And that was you know, definitely a major factor in terms of communications, and also obviously having to lay off, fire people because mm. of profits souring and just companies not sure what was going to happen during the pandemic. You had the the um, the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, country, I think it was a convergence of major news events that was forcing organizations to really think meticulously about the messaging they were putting out externally and internally, which is why. Mm-hmm public relations started to see such a boost instead of um, drawing back during the pandemic. So you had, you know, at the start of the pandemic, you had workers getting laid off, fired, uh, you know, temporary leave, whatever it was, not really sure where workers were going to be working from because we couldn't go to the office. And then you also had the Black Lives Matter protests and a wave of uh, racial justice coming into play. So everything that, or every word that an organization put out there was going to be scrutinized, yeah. and they really need a partner to make sure that they're going about that the right way and saying the things they need to be and should be saying. And so I think that's why crisis communications, in particular, got such a big, uh, or, or has still continued to get such big play in our space, is to make sure that you know what organizations are doing and saying is is right. Yeah, that's
0: that's an interesting insight. Uh, While well, you know, we see all the news coming out. You don't know how much of work goes behind, uh, you know, putting that article out from an organization perspective. So, yeah, that's that's Absolutely. very interesting. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned something earlier that how uh, PR plays like a supporting role to uh, marketing or digital marketing overall. Can you tell me some specifics that, you know, uh, that companies should keep in mind while leveraging PR. Now, not all companies have the access or resources to a very well-seasoned PR agency like yours, uh, but it, you know, this could be a good opportunity for the audience who's listening in to understand the specifics that they should be looking at while leveraging PR.
2: I think with digital marketing, the easiest connection to make to PR is with the media relations aspect of it, because again, you can use those media placements let's say for um you know for newsletters or yeah. for social posts but also if if you're looking to get speaking opportunities that's another way that you can leverage it for digital marketing cuz you can use the video and audio from that speaking opportunity to again include in assets like a newsletter mm-hmm. so i think it's it's about taking stock of mm-hmm. what some of the core external elements of pr would be like media relations and speaking opportunities and then assessing how they fit into the specific goals of your client or yourselves if you're doing digital marketing on your own Um, and then moving from there.
0: Sure. So when you say uh, the external relations and, you know, so again, we are establishing this whole fact that how integration can be like... The beauty of integration really into entire uh, marketing, you know, the effort that companies putting out. So of course, PR is so important to get that external externalito uh, of the content that you're putting in, and it kind of is like a cherry on the cake uh, to to for digital marketing efforts really to have like a third party endorsing what you're saying constantly which is important. What are uh, some of the metrics that you go after? We spoke earlier about the metrics, but if there are there are some quick metrics that you can share with us so that it kind of stays on top of the mind to for people uh, looking for entering into PR.
2: Yeah, so I think one metric would be if you're reaching the right audience, not just a large audience. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're really let's say for example you work in manufacturing, right? You have a manufacturing company. It's always great to get an opportunity in the Wall Street Journal, but getting into more of a trade outlet, like let's say manufacturing today, might reach more of a specific target audience and the right audience quicker. So it's not just by going about how large of an audience the publication reaches. It's about what kind of audience do they focus on and how quickly can you get to that audience? And then I would also say messaging pull through. So what that means is making sure that any piece of media coverage you get is actually featuring the key points that you want to address. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. goes into prepping for the, for a media interview, let's say, and um, just getting your actual talking points together and working with the reporter on that. But I think, you know, if you see that your key points that you're trying to address are in a piece, even if it's one of three or two of three, whatever it is, uh, then I would, I would mark that as a win.
0: What about exclusivity? Like, you know, is it for a business to go with, go targeted, like, as you mentioned, right? If you're a manufacturing company go for manufacturing today and not a Wall Street general, manufacturing today has a better bet on the audience reading your content.
2: So I think what I would keep in mind with exclusivity are a couple of things, um, One is that if you offer an exclusive to an outlet and they say yes, you have to stick with them until their coverage goes live. So I would not reach out to another publication until that outlet that you promised the exclusive posts their story. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, there's typically two ways you can go about pitching reporters. One is the exclusive route that you're talking about, which is offered to one outlet. But you could also do what's called embargo outreach, where you can offer it to several key outlets and you just basically say, you know, listen, we can give you a heads up about what we're talking about, if it's press release, whatever it is. Um, but you can't break the story until this date. So that this way you yeah. can cast a wider net and hopefully get more coverage on that day. But if there's really only one publication that you want to give the story to work with, then an exclusive is always the best way to go. All right. Wow. That's
0: so interesting. And it's also another whole view. I think PR is often. Thought of much later, just the whole advent of uh, social media and the ease of doing things, it can be so strategic. It can just hit the nail right on the head when executed or designed properly uh, in terms of content and conveying the thoughts.
2: Absolutely. I think PR should be brought in at the very top um, mm-hmm. because, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about with the support system for marketing, there might be things that PR catches that. The team, the broader team, does in and ways to frame things up that might benefit the organization in the long term. So I agree. I think, I think PR should be brought in at the top of any development of a marketing campaign.
1: Right. And
0: can you tell us some tips if individuals or businesses can go for can Can they do their own PR or do they have to necessarily work with an agency?
2: Yeah, I mean, I always recommend at least working with a consultant uh, because there are little mistakes that can be made that you might not catch. Mm -hmm. So I I do think it's beneficial to at least work with one individual consultant or a firm. Um, You know, there are ways to do PR on your own that are a little, you know, if if you have a very, very small campaign where you're Mm -hmm. looking to test it out with just a couple of speaking opportunities or media outlets, it doesn't hurt to try, but I think there are certain Things to watch for that a PR pro will watch out for you and and be able to right. correct those mistakes before they're made.
0: Right, I think that's that's a fine balance to achieve. Work with one person initially to kind of and go small. I think that's also a very good advice. Go small, try it out, yeah, and see how uh, you can bring back that messaging and how it resonates with your audience. So that's very important. Uh, Justin, this has been such a good conversation. It brought me brought back so many memories of my time working in uh, corporate communications. Uh, where can people find you?
2: Well, thank you for asking. So uh, best place would be www.pressrecord.co. So P-R-E-S-S-R-E-C-O-R-D. And then um, you could also reach me at Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N at pressrecord.co. And find me on LinkedIn, uh, Justin Goldstein, EIN and Goldstein at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll put all the links in the show notes as well. uh, Thank you for giving us so many tips and ideas about
1: leveraging PR the right way.
2: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. A pleasure. Thank you. step to build your thought leadership is with a powerful professional personal bio. Personal bios can be used on LinkedIn as a summary on your website or can be shared with others as your introduction on a public platform. If you do not have a fantastic personal bio which talks volumes about your professional experience and your expertise, help is around. JotMyBio is a done-for-you professional bio writing service that showcases the best of your unique self. Visit jotmybio.com, that is j-o-t-m-y-b-i-o.com today, and get yourself a unique, handcrafted personal bio. I truly appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. And to stay updated on the latest episodes, make sure you have subscribed to the Making of a Thought Leader podcast on your favorite podcast player. See you next time.